0: So, uh, welcome everyone to the next episode of the Catributor Podcast. Today's guest is Arun. Do you want to introduce yourself? Hello and welcome. I'm Arun. I have made World of Warships
1: videos for a while, I think. About, let's say, six years now. (laughs) Time flies, I suppose. Time flies.
2: You also happen to be one of the few CCs I've met in person Yeah, yeah, definitely.
3: Although, I I think your hair looks a little different now than it used to. But still fairly long. (laughs) That's true, that's true.
0: And not to mention, you have one of the best nicknames, obviously.
3: Yeah,
1: I, just, I actually just wanted to say, Tim, um, I really, really like your name, especially the first two letters. They're it's just perfection.
2: Definitely, it's a, side, it's a real sign of class if your if your online handle starts with the uh, AE. Yes, <laughs> only the best players. <laughs> so, so uh, uh, yeah, our first uh, topic is going to be announced balance changes for next patch. So some buffs and nerfs of various ships,
3: including some new ships that have just come out.
0: I'll have it uh, up on screen right now. I mean, the first is the the, the Julius Merker, who gets better concealment. So does the Schultz. I'm not sure exactly why. Um, like, the one ship that really needs love is the Z31, but I guess they, they don't care.
3: I
1: think WarGaming is worried that if Z31 ends up being useful. People might play her and I think that destroyer in tier 5 matches is already pretty pretty scary because of the angles and the AP pen. I mean tier 5 cruisers have basically
3: no armor, right?
2: Yeah, potentially, but considering
3: the position of tier 7 matchmaking at the moment, where you are? That, not that's active that's active. true. So yeah, and I mean, Z thirty one going up against something like an Alaska is not pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to hope for random torps. Well, at least the torpedoes are super fast.
0: Yes, yes, indeed. But at least they nerfed the Lebrecht. Well, I, maybe that's the approach, right? They'd be like, okay, the Z-31 is so bad, we need to nerf the other German destroyer tier 7, because otherwise it just overshadows it too much, so they've uh, increased the reload time on the Lebrecht Maas.
1: Yeah, God forbid somebody actually plays the
2: Lebrecht Maas. I mean, right. that would be crazy, right? I really like that, except less these days because of the matchmaking, but the, the concealment on it is so bad.
1: I wanted to say, aren't you just better off playing the Z thirty nine?
2: Yes, yes, <laughs> pretty much in every way. In fact, that's true compared to the Z thirty one as well. It doesn't have the uh, spicy AP shells, but yeah, it gets the tier eight concealment
1: upgrade, which means that you're actually stealthy for a tier seven D Yes. Uh, the
2: other tier seven on no, this list. I'm skipping ahead a little bit here, but it's sort of group together is the, the Jervis is actually getting a detectability nerf by hundred meters. So nothing huge, but Jervis has been one of the is one of the better ones.
0: How how far points. did Jervis come down? Uh it uh, hundred
2: meters. Let me check.
0: No, no, no. how how good Good. is it right now, like, with with everything with Captain Scales? Uh, it is 6.3, so
2: it'll go to 6.4, which is
0: not completely terrible, but it's not great. I mean, let's be honest, it's terrible. It's not terrible at Tier 7, but it's terrible with anything, like, higher, right? Yeah. It's...
1: I feel like Wargaming kind of, especially the older, well, ships, when they made Tier 7... They didn't seem to account for the fact that tier 8 gets the concealment upgrade, but I think they nowadays do account for that. Cause I mean, think of the, what's the, the Yukon, for example, right? She has the same concealment as the Monarch, except mm. at tier 7 without the concealment upgrade. So it's not, basically they end up at the same level. If it had been like with the old design philosophy, Yukon would have probably been even worse concealment. So Probably. I think older older ships kind of suffer from that, and I'd really like to see a pass on that,
2: especially DDs. Oh, I've been saying that for years. Tier 7 destroyers need some love. Like, there's literally Haida and Chirats, so you have good concealment at Tier 7. Everything else is kind of
3: bad. Yeah. It's well, going to be interesting to like t- don't you like
1: having almost 7-kilometer concealment, especially when you can run into <laughs> ships like Mogador that have also basically the same concealment?
0: Yeah, or you just wow. run into 5.4 concealment and get spotted for ages. May-,
2: May Mayhan at least has got decent top range, even though it's yeah, 6.7 concealment. Yeah. but now. Uh, Blishkavica, for instance, it's, what, 8 kilometers? And hell, it used to be 7 kilometers on the Blishkavica. Kind of, like, literally 200 meters of stealth torp capability. It's okay, I'm still
1: salty about with wargaming over that. Oh, yeah. if the Bluskavitsa isn't as strong as she used to be, we're going to give her uh adjustments after the stealth fire removal. I'm still waiting.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the master torps are only just better with uh eight and a half kilometers, so yeah. And actually, having, having said they're nothing Jervis, Jervis only has a seven kilometer torpedo range. So that, that, that actually is kind of a, even losing the hundred meters concealment is, is sort of a big deal for the Jervis. In terms I of mean, it, being,
0: uh, you see, on the, on the one hand, I like that they revisit older ships and be like, okay, those no, sound set in stone. We can adjust them, but it's just so mind boggling how they're adjusting. It. So the, uh, on the one hand, I like that they are taking a look at older ships again, but on the other hand, what they are doing with them just makes no bloody sense. <laughs> yeah, okay, sometimes w- it really does. What,
1: like- what, are you, what are you talking about? Isn't it normal to n- want to nerf the Leander? She's just so OP. Man, it's
0: like, she's everywhere. Yeah, I mean, I kind of accept that maybe the Fiji was a rather strong ship, but they increased the main battery alert from the Leander, the Fiji, and from the Edinburgh.
3: Yeah, that's a bit of a
2: a bit of a uh, hard nerf there. To be honest, I mean, yeah, Fiji Slot is then seen as being one of the stronger, if not, well, for a while it wasn't the strongest tier seven cruiser, but there's probably others that maybe take that ground now. But yeah, um, Edinburgh getting a nerf is just weird.
1: Obviously, uh, the nerf actually isn't that big, right? It's 7.7 to yeah. 8 seconds. That's like what, 4%, yeah. 5%? But, uh, I would say the biggest issue is just the message that it gives out. What's the purpose of it? Like, I don't, I don't, I don't get it. If we're going to do nerfs like that, I'd like to see next to it, oh, the Petro Pavlos concealment range has been increased by 150 meters or something like that.
0: But
2: next or to it, you see be... the
0: shores getting buffed. That's
2: yeah, what you it want would to... actually be quite <laughs> nice to see Rationale going in with the balance changes, because obviously, as CCs, sometimes we're in a position to ask, but it doesn't necessarily mean we're going to get an answer as to why the changes happen. I do want to mention one thing, though. I
1: think Fiji is probably one of the best light cruisers at Tier 7, just because basically all the other light cruisers at Tier 7 got really... Nerfed quite hard some patches ago, right? By the changes to the armor scheme thing,
3: mm-hmm.
1: where tier seven light cruisers get twenty five millimeters of pen, but battleship bow, stern, etc., is twenty six, and with I, with the IFHE yeah. change, they don't get to pen thirty two millimeters either. So, but tier eight light cruisers, for example, get thirty millimeters of pen, so they don't suffer from the problem. But obviously, that doesn't affect Fiji because she doesn't have H E. Maybe that's why Wargaming found that the Fiji is just doing better. But I don't know about the Edinburgh nerf. That just makes no sense to me.
0: Oh, I'm sure we, there oh, is a spreadsheet somewhere. Yeah, I imagine.
1: Which uh, probably says something like Edinburgh was played too much rather than it being too strong.
2: Probably. Well, I hope it, it wouldn't come into that territory because... Um... That's exactly the way Gaijin do their balancing in War Thunder and it irritates me no end. It is, especially when they, they balance things in terms of the like the repair costs and the, the income. Like, oh too many people are playing this, so we won't necessarily adjust the parameters of anything. We'll just make it really expensive. Which is like that's an oh. exceptionally poor way of balancing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
3: Doesn't that it's a really poor way of doing yeah. balance.
2: Uh, so what else? We We've actually have quite a welcome buff to the Fenyang, which is going from 4.9 to 4.7 seconds, which is still a far cry from Akizuki's three-second reload with the same guns, but... It's well, in the right it, it makes spot. a lot of sense, though, right? Because the Fen- ship a nice
1: isn't... The ship isn't Japanese anymore, so this automatically makes the autoloaders load slower. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I still kind of prefer Fenyang to the Akizuki, but mainly because it uh, it has different consumables and those Panation smokes. The
0: but it doesn't the... have, like, the special 100 pen, right? It, it it has sucky pen, it has long reload, and the tops are only In good order. against battleships, like, only yeah. work against battleships.
1: Speaking of the Fenyang, I actually, I was kind of absent for a while from World of Warships, and I guess that's when they added the ship. But recently when I was playing, I think the Schultz or something along those lines, I was playing, 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 and I noticed, wait, the enemy team has a destroyer called Fenyang. What the hell is that? So I alt-tabbed into Discord and asked some channel, you know, what is that thing? And I was told, oh, it's an Akizuki, but it's bad. And you shouldn't worry about it. So (laughs) that's how I found out that ship exists.
2: Yeah, it's uh, not one you see
1: often. It it didn't
3: seem very good. It's not, particularly.
2: Um, The other buffs we have are Queen Elizabeth is getting a pretty big one. This is probably the biggest overall buff on this page is the... 72 second turret traverse is going down to 54.5 which I think is that is that the same as the let me just check I think that might be the same that is the, the uh, same
1: as Wars the bite. warspite yes they decided to apply the same type of uh, lubrication yes. to the turrets
0: I Quite mean the way. old warspite I think can had 72 yeah. right yes. they, yes. they buffed the warspite a long time ago and then they introduced the Queen Elizabeth as the bad version of the warspite I guess so you could well, upgrade for premium. For a while,
2: you could at least point at the Spite's AA and go, actually, that's really good for Tier six. And then, of course, all the changes happened, and now <laughs> that doesn't count for anything anymore.
1: You know, one day, Warspite and Queen Elizabeth are even going to load the sh- same AP shells so that they actually have the same penetration, which talk right game. now they don't. <laughs> the Warspite somehow has higher penetration, even though it says they're the same guns, and
2: I imagine they should load the same ammo, but maybe not. I don't know, Sometimes things are just special and weird like the Momansk AP versus the every other Omaha AP.
0: <laughs> and didn't it have like like 8km torps while the uh, Omaha had 5.0? Yes. Or was that yes. changed at some point?
2: No, I'm pretty sure it still has 8 kilometer torps. I mean, it could be worse, though. Well, Marblehead's got, like, long-range torps, only they do almost no damage. <laughs> yes.
1: Marblehead torpedoes deal 6,233 damage.
2: Uh, it's also, I mean, this isn't on this particular page, but one of the other super test changes that's been noted with the repulse, which is in testing at the moment... Currently, that's got that same 54.5-second turret traverse, but that's actually going to be buffed to 30 seconds, which will be quite nice. So that that will really help set it apart. Quite apart from its speed compared to the,
3: the Queen Elizabeth and the Warspite. So it's always nice to have responsive turrets on a battleship. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Baltimore's getting nerfed, too. Yeah, so that's, Very that's, that's the from.
1: Thirty seconds to twenty-seven—such an enormous nerf. I suppose it'll mean the difference of one salvo, as in you get to shoot your guns one time less.
2: Yeah, I mean, I mean that that change, along with a lot of these changes, they they are very reflective of War Gaming having switched to a more kind of not not the big nerf hammer, but the little nerf hammer or the little buff hammer sort of big changes happening all at once, which overall I I prefer. So sometimes changes like these can seem a little silly, but I'd rather they have little changes more frequently than big swinging changes.
0: Yeah, I mean, if they had more frequent little changes to older ships, I would like it. It's just uh, with the changes, it seems like a coin flip if they make sense or not. It's a slightly weighted coin, so mostly...
1: Here's my suggestion to balance the Baltimore. So give her back her old radar. Actually, no. Make it better than it is right now. Then uh,
3: give her a heal and move her to Tier 9 and delete the <laughs> abomination we have there right now. I, I, d- the- I, d- I just... I don't understand. Why why is that ship a thing?
1: So we're talking about the... Like, what, what is it at Tier 9?
0: I'm oh, yeah, just thinking about know. it. I don't know. It's Nobody cares because he could be playing in a last game. But it's better than it a Seattle. Is Buffalo. The Buffalo.
1: Yes. It doesn't make any sense. Think about it this way, right? So the Buffalo is such an amazing Tier Nine cruiser that they took the Buffalo, same ship itself, right? And then they gave it a smokescreen, and the ship is balanced at Tier Eight. I don't understand. How does that happen? How is the Buffalo and all right? She just plays
3: differently. It doesn't fit the line.
0: But honestly, she's still better than a Seattle, if you ask me.
3: I suppose that's true.
1: (laughs) But then we're talking about a different, like, I don't know. I feel like the Buffalo just, it's a different type of ship. You don't play her like you would a Des Moines or a Baltimore but you do play a Baltimore and Des Moines in roughly the same way.
0: I think they just wanted you to get in Alaska, although that's no longer available.
1: I really think Alaska should be available. I think that ship is so powerful that it kind of
3: ruins the game a little bit if you don't give other players access to it.
0: Yeah, see, Wargaming's philosophy has always been if we just remove it, eventually it will be so rare that nobody cares because it doesn't show up in a spreadsheet anymore. If a ship is played very little, then it doesn't affect the spreadsheet. And if it doesn't affect the spreadsheet, obviously it can't affect the game because the game is like a spreadsheet, you know.
1: Yes, that's why Gramyash is completely and utterly balanced.
0: But actually, Gramyash
1: is balanced. Uh, she's balanced because nobody
3: actually plays Tier 5. <laughs> Yeah, the only, you
1: know,
2: play the only bad thing about Gremi Ashi is that, turret Traverse.
1: What, what do you mean? It doesn't have turret Traverse. It's not a stat on the ship.
3: They're welded to the ship. You have to turn the ship. It's <laughs> a way of
2: looking at it. Uh, so what else have we got on this list? Uh, Shores is getting an extra 500 metres of Of uh, range, which I I guess is nice if you play that line, but it would be nice for some of the other tier 7 cruisers to get some extra range as well. It doesn't, honestly, uh, get a spotter. I'm sure it does. uh, Yeah, I
1: I have no issues with buffing any of the tier 7 light cruisers. Hell, at this point, I take a buff even to Belfast. I I find the tier 7 light cruisers are. They feel a little lackluster at the moment, like the situation about them.
3: Actually, maybe not even
1: limited to light cruisers. I'd say quite a few of the Tier 7 heavy cruisers are
3: a little lacking as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, the only light cruiser I think I regularly play is the Atlanta. Not because the Atlanta is the strongest ship out there, but the Atlanta is just fun. And I mean, it has this amazing camel.
3: Yeah, that's true. Particularly
1: particularly fitting...
3: Yeah, particularly, particularly
2: fitting right now. The yeah, the only ones I play on a regular basis are the ones that have some kind of decent range to work with, like the uh, the Algerie, uh I think York is pretty decent. Yeah, seventeen point three. Guess shows will kind. The York, of... York is a light cruiser. Well, it's it's we're talking light and heavy cruisers here, but uh... yeah, I don't know if there's any light cruisers that have a really decent range of this tier. Some some cruisers just have terrible range. I mean, the the Weimar that just came out. Weimar, amazing range cutometers? with eleven point five kilometer concealment. Yeah. Fun fact: I have pointed this out in the Discord, so you guys have probably seen it. But um, yeah, if you don't take concealment expert, but you do take heavy HE, which gives you plus fifteen percent detectability, you can have a worse surface concealment than your firing range. <laughs> <laughs> there's there, there,
1: there's a there's an un called the Lighthouse build. I guess that would be quite
2: fitting for this <laughs> ship, huh? Indeed. So yeah, literally every other cruiser, I mean we're, we're talking um things like the Atlanta or even you know, Huang Hey or uh, the, the the British light cruisers around this tier, everything that's got really terrible range at least has a really good concealment to go with it, but Weimar absolutely doesn't. And the thing that's supposed to make up for that is it has a special spotter plane. But yeah. uh, given the reloads isn't super fast, it's, what, eight-second reload? It's no, no. not that useful.
1: See, it's a special spotter plane in the sense that instead of lasting 100 seconds, like spotters normally do, it lasts for 60 seconds. Yes, it does get 30% increased range, but I think I'd take the extra 40 seconds of spotter plane rather
2: than the more range. And it's not even like... um, I mean, if they'd given it the same rapid cooldown that you had with the laser... Which, personally, is a spotter plane I would like to see on other ships, but we've only ever had that on the laser, um, where you have a, like, maybe not as fast as the laser as 10 seconds, but still, uh, that that could have been something a bit more interesting. But, no, it's just a, kind of a weird, awkward ship to play. My suggestion to Wargaming, at least,
1: actually, I've made it a long time ago already, make a line that's basically... Re- where one of the gimmicks, so to say, is that it basically always has a spotter plane up. So it has a different type of aiming system. Mm. Because particularly when I, well, I want to say when I started the game, but honestly, it's like the first three years of the game, aiming with the spotter plane was basically impossible for me. I just, like, sure, I could sometimes hit, hit what I was aiming at, but the aiming seemed way harder than it does regularly. And so, when I would need to launch the spotter plane, I'd like to fire my shots, but then if I didn't need it anymore, I'd like to, you know, remove it, but Mm -hmm. back then you couldn't. Uh, By the way, there's actually a mod that does that now, that you can just zoom back a little bit. Hmm. Although, maybe the game will have that, or has it, I don't know, as well. But effectively, I'd like to see, like, something like that, because it would be different type of aiming. You could learn how to aim with a spotter plane, and, you know, it would also make it so that the line actually cares about whether there's a ship close to it. Because obviously if you're like next to an island and an the enemy is on the other side of the island, your spotter plane gets shot down. So it could be an interesting thing there. Speaking of the Weimar, what do you guys think of her? She's basically was released yesterday, right?
2: Yeah, or maybe maybe we've got like two more things to mention and then we'll, get, we'll maybe oh, chat that's about the true. Weimar. So um, oh, anyway, Monarch is getting a slight buff. To its base firing range, 500 metres, same as the straws, So any buff to the Monarch is welcome, I guess. Still among the worst tier 8 battleships, but... Uh, yeah, uh, and also Andrea Doria is getting yet another SAP buff from 9.9k to 10.250, which is a very awkward way of saying it, so... Uh, but that obviously maximum SAP, uh, damage. So that's going to be, you know, for a Citadel hit, essentially, with your SAP. So the, the effect for most people won't be that, ne- uh, noticeable.
0: I haven't the played the Ampleatoria it, much.
2: It's, yeah, uh, well, the fact that they buffed it so soon after it came out was not a surprise. And then it's also not a surprise that they're buffing it yet again. But, uh, yeah, it's, so that. Uh, I think that's it. It's, for, it's the
1: tier 6 one, right?
2: Yeah. Yes, with the 320 mils. Yeah, that <clears throat> that's a little a little too little. <laughs> a nice looking ship, but yeah, you basically from tier 7 upwards with the 15-inch guns, you can the like the APs actually pretty decent on those, especially on the tier 7 when you when you have that um that that high penetration AP. I mean, obviously that can also be a problem if you're shooting against things and getting lots of uh, overpens, but against angled targets, it's really nice. But with the smaller caliber guns, it's you have to use the SAP, and it's uh, a kind of a bit painful with the Italian accuracy.
3: Yeah, and Lepanto gets particularly odd on that one because of the really pa- bad firing angle on the rear turret.
2: Yeah. Yeah, uh, I yeah, guess so that ones f- kind of been a bit of a. Well, I don't think anyone got super excited about those, and it's probably one or two fans out there of the Italian battleships, but probably not that many. I think initially
1: it seemed like really, really interesting because it, it's actually fun in the sense that you can play them aggressively. And then you still have a way to get out, right? Because of yeah, your well, smoke yeah, once screen. you get
2: to tier eight and you get the smoke, yeah, yeah.
1: But I find that nobody actually plays them like that. Yeah, I'm not sure why, but I basically never see anybody like rush in then use their smoke screen to kite outwards. It just doesn't really seem to happen.
0: I mean, uh, the the thing is, obviously, you can't uh, shoot while you are then retreating, so you only like. The only yeah, way but- in you do damage. And the other thing is you don't really get rewarded that much for getting close, I feel like, right? You don't really have, other than that your terrible accuracy is slightly less terrible, there aren't really any benefits for getting that close, and you don't have the overmatch of other higher tier battleships, so you can't even, like, go for a Des Moines nose or something.
1: What do you and mean? Are being- you saying you don't build your
2: Italian battleships for <laughs> secondaries? It would actually have been really interesting if they'd given them something more like the Soviet battleship dispersion curve, where maybe it's still that terrible at long range, but it actually becomes really good at close range. So you could do that kind of hit-and-run tactic profitably. But no, that's not what we got. We don't get interesting synergies like that most of the time, sadly.
1: Joking aside, though, I, I think actually the strategy would work because... It doesn't really matter what you're doing once you're retreating. The point is you want the smoke screen while you're turning your ship so you don't get mm. deleted i mean that's That's exactly why you can do it with an Italian battleship. Other ones it's a bit sketchy, but yep. yeah I, I agree. The accuracy just means that it's it feels like playing dice basically.
0: I mean, I play, I've played the, I mean, I tend to play my battleships out aggressively. I love the Germans, and I play all Germans uh, higher tiers as secondaries. Uh, So I have a lot of experience, I guess, with aggressive battleship play. And the thing is that, like, uh, when when you're not careful, like, when you're pushing in already, you can take a massive amount of damage. And if you don't get a lot out of it, you have to turn away really quickly. If you try that with an Italian, usually when you try to push in, you try to be somewhere where there are is islands where there are ways to disengage, like if you're in a German or something. If you go a little bit more open in Italian, say I can use this in oxygen, chances are you lose half of your health, you get two salvos off, and you already have to retreat, and the two salvos will miss, and there is no real benefit out of it. It's just that there is often too much long-range damage. The Italians aren't that tanky enough, and as I said, there isn't that much benefit you don't have any oomph when you get close right you you probably go in and then do 2k damage to something because you couldn't overmatch it in the way angled and then you are sad and turn around
1: well i would say there is actually a one benefit a pretty massive one but it's not actually from the ship itself it's the fact that you're going closer so your teammates tend to not stay quite as far away It doesn't always happen, but I have. I have no. But it's it's kind of funny, and I'm joking partly, but genuinely, I do mean that. Quite often, I notice that players like to follow other players. So if you do something aggressive, your teammates tend to seem to also be slightly more aggressive. So, but at at the same time, when you do the opposite, when you're being really passive, the teammates that would have otherwise followed you. Are now also following you, but now they're following you in the wrong direction. And it doesn't really matter, like, what type of ships you're playing. And I think in this sense, maybe it can work, but I'm not but entirely once, sure.
0: Once you smoke and turn around, they'll probably all flee because you stopped leading the charge. I feel like you can do the same thing a lot better in a German one with a little, with a slightly more moderate approach with some islands. And then when there is an opportunity, you just go in and then you get your secondaries placing. And then you're happy. Yeah. Yep, I mean, <laughs> actually, uh, th- that's exactly how
1: and why I play the Germans, and I actually think that's part of why I tend to have so much success with them, because I'm playing aggressively, and then my teammates stop sitting around at the very back, hopefully.
0: I'm with you on that. Whereas you-
1: when I play, whereas when I play something like Yamato, I find that quite often. I don't know, the team just kind of falls apart much more easily than I feel otherwise. And I blame it on the fact that I didn't go in.
0: Yeah, it's true. Like, uh, leading the charge is not often something that shows up on the scoreboard that much. But it's needed, right? Sometimes you just need to push in, even if it costs you a lot of your health, or maybe even you sink. Sometimes just getting your chips moving forward can be a winning move. Yes, but, but
2: the real trick is getting teammates to actually, or enough teammates to actually go with you and not just yeah. kilometers behind you watching you get chewed on by the enemy team. That, that's true.
1: And I'd like to give all the listeners some advice on this part. So if you do a push like this, right, the most important thing to keep in mind is that when you do the push and you end up
2: dying, you have to blame, blame your teammates. <laughs> Very important problem. Gamer advice there. Okay, my move. Yeah. Right, so, Weimar, we were talking, we're going to talk about Weimar a little bit, so this is probably a good time to to do that. So, it's
3: funny, when I look at the Weimar uh, Weimar on paper, I see a
1: ship that's, I look at it and go, hey, didn't I play this ship, like, six months ago or something? And it was called the München back then? Because it, Really feels like I played that ship, but when I actually play it, I think it plays differently. The shells are faster, and while both are basically armored with wet paper, I do think Weimar is slightly less likely to be popped by a battleship in one go, slightly, but it can be a big difference when you're being yeah. when you're in a slippery ship, right.
2: Uh, it's actually, I think it's a York hull, um, but the armor is a bit worse. I can't remember how it compares in terms of maneuverability.
0: I have to admit, I haven't played the Weimar. I, I mean, I like, I look at it, it was like, why would I do that? So, for those
1: who don't know of the listeners, the Weimar is a German light cruiser that has 12 guns. It has all right HE damage output. I think around hundred and fifty K. It's not great, but you gotta remember that because it's German, it gets thirty-eight millimeters of penetration on the HE, whereas all the other Tier Seven light cruiser are stuck with like twenty-five. Therefore you can actually deal damage even when you're up tiered against the battleships with their thirty two millimeters of armor. So that's actually pretty amazing. Now her downside is that she has abysmal range. Fourteen kilometers is <clears throat> it's uh yeah. Not enough. She also gets a fifteen percent speed boost. Which is kinda of <laughs> funny because the even with your speed boost you're still slower than the München. I I don't know why we would get that. Maneuverability wise it's about the same. Um also it has two sets of torps on each side. So if you do camp it behind an island and uh there's a battleship coming, that battleship is well, it depends. It's gonna have a bad time if it doesn't kill you in one salvo, but it can very well just kill you in one salvo, because it is a light cruiser. It has 30 k hp and uh, not much of what you'd call armor.
2: Definitely not. I mean, it's it's a 16 millimeter bow as opposed to the 25 uh, millimeters. There we go on the York. Yeah,
1: and 25 mil, but the 25 millimeter side and deck, which is actually one of the big advantages over the minchen, I mean it might not seem like much right twenty five millimeter mm-hmm. side armor compared to minchen's mm-hmm. twenty, but that means the difference between uh, some of the lower tier battleships overmatching it versus not like I think something like Fuso will be able to overmatch the minchen actually let me see, yes, it'll overmatch the minchen's side armor but not the uh, Weimars, so as a Weimar, if you go like slightly diagonally. You're probably going to be fine for a few salvos. München's probably dead.
0: Yeah, but München would be farther in the back, so München would have a higher oh, yeah. chance of being fine.
1: That's that's another point. München actually has more range, something like 16.6. And Weimar we must has try the
2: concealment.
1: Oh, yeah, a 9.4-kilometer concealment, compared to Weimar's 14-kilometer range and the 11.5-concealment.
2: It's, which is only slightly better than what York has, except York again has much better range. Yes.
0: So basically, yeah, you are kind of tr- uh, getting a little bit more armor and uh, but shittier range and shittier concealment.
2: I mean, it does, does offer. I'll give it this: it does offer something different than the Munition and the the Mites at Tier Eight, which also has uh, twelve hundred and fifty mil guns. So that's on that's on a hipper hull, so that's yeah. I wanted to say,
1: Mainz at least gets armor.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's niche. It's, not, it's kind of a hard ship to recommend. Like if you want a challenge, then okay, the Weimar is there, but it's definitely not going to be for the casual player, I don't think.
1: Yes, I'd recommend the Atlanta
3: instead. It's more fun.
1: Oh
2: yeah. And looks better. Yes. So, yeah, it's not not bad shit, but I I like couldn't particularly recommend it to the masses. I'm not sure I'd call it not bad. <laughs> I I think I lean more towards. Not I mean, it pretty it's pretty definitely not good. It, it's it's very very definitely not good. Maybe yes. maybe I should say not completely terrible.
0: That's all, yeah. That that sounds Let, more let's like Let's say it's good. better than a set thirty one.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Well, that's not exactly a high <laughs> bar, though. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, I mean,
0: I guess we've covered the Weimar, so we could talk about the new coming ship liner, since we've just talked about our love for Brawling. I yes. have hopes for the... Well, I mean, on the one hand, I have hopes for the new ships. On the other hand, I'm afraid that Wargaming will somehow screw it up. But they they, they technically, they say, what what did they say, right? They wanted as short-range combat due to low concealment, decent secondaries, and small number of uh, main battery guns with low range of fire. So basically, you have shit main guns, but good concealment and good secondaries. It's going to refill my water glass, by the way. Very very professional doing this midstream. No
1: problem. That actually makes me think of a certain battleship that already exists in the game. That I actually kind of like. Actually, I like a lot. Nice the ignizer now, yes. Yeah, I, think, I mean, I think she. I think and have always thought that she's one of the best tier seven battleships because she has armor that allows you to go close.
3: Yeah, she, I mean, she kind of they... has the
1: Petra Pavlovsk effect going on. I didn't like in the past. I never really realized that why she felt so good. But I think it's because she sits so low in the water and she has the, well, I want to say icebreaker, but it's not actually an icebreaker. The armor plates at the front.
2: Oh, the, what do they call it, the Atlantic bow or something Yeah, like that?
1: Basically, when usually, especially the older battleships like Nagato or Colorado, when you meet up against higher tier battleships, almost all of them have guns that overmatch your bow. But if you, so, and... That puts your citadel at risk as well. But when you're in the Gneisenau, you sit low and fairly low in the water, and your waterline actually has the armor that will bounce battleship shells. So you can really go close with that ship.
0: Although I have to say, I've been like, hit through the nose quite often in, in the Gneisenau too. If the enemy knows what they're doing there, your nose is still so, a problem.
1: Yes. Well, yes, it's a bit like playing the Stalingrad, I suppose,
3: in that sense. Oh, uh also.
2: Well I should probably preface talking about these these announced ships by saying this was all announced at a presentation at HMS Belfast. Uh on last or oh, was it even this no, it was this Monday. Oh, it was it was this week. Oh yeah. And they invited a bunch of CCs down. This was a joint event between Wargaming and, and Imperial War Museums, London, and uh, who, who actually now are responsible for the upkeep of Belfast. Wait, so
1: let me get this straight. They invited uh, people to an event in yes. the UK to announce World it War II. around uh, yeah. German
2: ships... Well it was it was um the event was for the opening of a gaming room sponsored by World of Warships on HMS oh, Belfast. And people going to Belfast in future will be able to play I think it's, Belfast? it's to co-op, so it's like Belfast and Belfast forty three and you can only play co-op games. That's so good. It's a bit it's a bit limited, <laughs> but you know, it's kind
1: of on brand. No, it's it's good because I still yeah, remember one I mean, day that Games come
2: yeah, but better than, better than, uh, having people that have no idea what they're doing going into high tier ships in, and uh, then leaving Hamburg. 10
1: minutes later.
2: Yeah. Um, so yeah, but that, so that was all well and good. They invited a bunch of UK people and, uh, it was all a bit last minute, but that was partly due to uncertainty over, um, COVID restrictions and whatnot. And so that was fair enough. But what they didn't do, and this is this is me just being a bit grumpy about this, is they neglected to think that maybe people traveling from all over the UK might need some of their travel costs reimbursed, which apparently they didn't put in any budget for at all. So I was unable to afford to go down to London for an afternoon from the Outer Hebrides, (laughs) sadly. And uh, I, I, know, I know, like, the, the other person that had to travel down from Scotland was Yuzral, but he's at least on the mainland. So it was a, a little bit less of a, an issue, but he still took the sleeper train from, like, Perth or somewhere. So... I mean, it was weirdly
3: organised.
2: Yeah, it was. And this the it was, was, of it was uh, these ships being announced.
0: Uh, They, they invited people, but didn't pay them for expenses and then forbid them to actually record the presentation where they announced the juicy Mm. stuff, which meant that there wasn't actual, uh, like they invited people, but there was no advantage for people to show up. And there was no, like they they... didn't even like. I
2: think they don't, they did have some people that got invited that got reimbursed. I think they had one or two, was it Warships Legends contributors? Something like that. Who apparently, were handled by a different PR firm and did get some of their travel costs reimbursed. So we got the cheapskates. Apparently, <laughs> I really want to go and see Belfast as well, and it would have been great to see a bunch of uh, to meet a bunch of people like TC that I've not met in real life. Uh, but no, it'll have to be some other time. Sadly, wait, have you never been to the Belfast? No, I've I've been I've travelled through London precisely twice in my life. And that was going to Tankfest one year, which required changing trains in London. Don't you live in the United Kingdom on an island in the North Atlantic? <laughs> I mean, I know the UK isn't that huge, but I live kind of out of the way. The Outer Hebrides is like the northwest corner of Scotland. And London's all the way down in the south of England. So it's it's not like the furthest possible journey, but it's still a fair journey. I actually looked up flights because I was doing preparation for planning, and even if I literally flew from the island to... Um, you can fly to either Inverness, Glasgow or Edinburgh. Even if I did that with the way the flights um, match up or don't match up with flights down to London, it still would have been a three-day trip.
3: So, I'll just say yeah. this. You, you play a game with ships in it. I mean, just build a boat...
1: How hard can it be? Oh, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. How hard can it be? Hey, just I, I, I watched the a... TV...
1: I once watched a TV show where they made cars into boats to cross the
3: channel. Can't be harder than that. <laughs> I'm sure I'd be perfectly safe. Definitely.
0: You know, you should, you should get a narrow boat and then just, like, slowly travel the whole of the UK down there. In a year, you're probably somewhere. If if there are these canals, uh, uh, canals in Scotland connected to those in like Britain,
2: ah, uh, there are bits where you would have to go around the coastline. I don't think I'm going to recommend connected. a hovercraft. <laughs> I know, so, I know, people have done like literally. Sometimes people will take their canal boats from from the, the the English canal system. Like it's possible to, to chug over the channel in a canal boat and and you know go on uh, continental canals, but
3: uh it's probably not what really meant. It's anyway, we're getting
2: a bit off topic at this point, I suppose
0: Slightly. Yeah, we were talking about the the Germans that have been announced. Yes. I mean it's a I'm historical
2: just, line up until what, tier six, tier seven?
0: I mean they took World War One ships and then just extended them into an line until tier ten, right?
2: Yeah, I think tier eight, nine, and ten are like paper what ifs, but I'm pretty sure this is one of those lines where we can say actually most of them existed, like a majority of them existed. And uh of course, for those World War I battleship fans, some of the uh, the lower tier ones would be nice to see in-game, like the von der Tann and the uh, the Dürflinger. And of course, Mackensen, we already kind of have in-game in the form of the, the, the Prince Eitel Friedrich, but we don't, I guess, know exactly how close to the Eitel Friedrich it'll be. I imagine it'll have worse range, if that's what they're talking about. So Eitel Friedrich actually got a, a, has got a, what, Bring it up, seventeen point eight kilometers.
3: So, so uh, presumably, it's going to be shorter range than that. So I, th- I think the tier eight one
1: looks spectacularly
2: good. Yes, this is the one that everyone's <laughs> been laughing at. That looks like uh, a Deutschland class. Franz chief had a love child with, uh, well, a von der Time, I guess.
0: It's a bit weird. It it won't win any beauty contest, hmm. but like if you take a very large paper bag and you put it over like the the tower, you know, it might look uh, look <laughs> like a
2: destroyer. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, comparisons to the Walt class American destroyers have been made. The the modern ones. No, I mean it. It has two turrets at the back and one turret at the front. Yeah, that that's an odd setup. Uh, it's also worth pointing out that you can see on the pictures that these all appear to have well, not all, I don't know if all of them do, but some of them appear to have uh torpedo launchers.
0: I mean, they state that, that, that uh, these ships are also armed with long-range torpedoes. Now... That doesn't tell us an awful lot. What does long range mean? How many torpedoes? What will be the firing yeah. angles? How fast will that be? Like, will there be like the I new mean, German torps? Will there be old German torps? I torpes?
2: think when they're talking about long range, I, I'm sure I saw somewhere in the Discord. I don't know. If, well, actually, I should be careful what I say here. But I'm sure I, I saw somewhere that they will be uh, very similar to the long range, low speed ones on the new destroyers.
0: I saw that. Thought a spec- ex- I mean, I it a speculation, but
3: I've never saw it. That would also be my expectation. I yeah, mean, they,
2: they, 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 I don't know. They might be interesting. They might be more interesting than the Italian battleships have turned out to be, at least. I hope so.
0: I mean, good secondary definitely get gets me interested. The thing is, what I'm also. <clears throat> uh, Confused about this, they never mentioned uh, anything about defense. They say, like, (laughs) the the German battleships are short-range due to low uh, concealment, decent secondary and small number of main guns with low range of fire. So basically they're saying you'll have uh, not great main guns, but you have good concealment and you'll have those torps, right? Good concealment helps you get close. That will Mm -hmm. certainly be an advantage. But in order to brawl, you need the armor to survive the brawl, in a sense, right?
2: Yeah, so... well, you've either got to have um really good armor or you've got to have really good damage-soaking ability, i.e. a super heal.
0: There's yeah, just kind and of not a... a
2: lot of other possibilities, so it's going to be one of those two things, really.
0: I mean, it doesn't have to be a super heal, but like low cooldown on the heal or better well, cooldown it. on damage yeah. con or a different damage con, things like that, uh consider their protection.
3: What if they make it like the heel in Arms Race?
2: Right, a Ticking Heel. I would actually, I've long wanted to see that kind of, like, I think that would be, like, for a cruiser line, maybe? Or
1: I I actually thought
2: that so
1: we we saw the thing, Arms Race, before the Soviet battleships were added. I genuinely Mm. thought that they were going to use that for the Soviet battleships. But no, they didn't. I th- I'm guessing they probably thought of it but found that it was a bit too strong because that healed, like, everything.
2: Yeah, the the, the the downside is that, yeah, it does, and also you've then maybe got the problem of players just, I'm going to hide behind an island for five minutes while I heal, and you don't necessarily want people to be, you know, you don't want to encourage that necessarily because people aren't even going to, like, if you're really low health, then, okay, you want to keep yourself in the game and get some health back. But people are, they like, there are going to be some players that take any kind of damage and are just going to sit behind an island, even if they are still at like three quarters health to start with. So yeah, but if you, I don't know, if you, if you, I feel like you could implement that somehow, make it interesting somehow.
0: I mean, they could like give us the arms race game mode, you know? Wouldn't that yes, be nice? Like, yes, I like... think so too. <laughs>
2: Yeah,
1: I'd like to see arms race again. Give it, I don't know, I don't even care if they give it to us in ranked
3: or
2: something. No, it's getting submarines and and double CVs, but we'll come to that. We'll come to that.
3: (laughs) The other thing on this page is
2: uh, a, a surprisingly historically based Tier 10 battlecruiser design for the British with, what is it, 20-inch guns? Five
0: hundred eight mm whatever, using inches. Yeah,
2: I'll just check that. I think it's 20. Yeah, it's exactly 20 inches. Uh, HMS Incomparable. Now, this actually came out by, and this was complete, you know, paper napkin fantasy, but this this was Admiral Jackie Fisher himself going... Wouldn't it be cool if we had one of these and commissioning some some like initial design studies, but it was basically initial design studies. This thing almost certainly would never have actually been built, so yeah, it's going to have big guns, it looks like it's only got six of them. Oh, uh, I don't think we know much else about it apart from that i mean battle Slim cruiser armor. British battle cruiser mean it probably won't yeah, it won't have good armor. So it'll be sneaky, big guns, probably fast, consumables, who knows.
1: But that's Massive not really agent. that
2: important. That's
1: not important, though. What's really important is, will it have the same gun sound as Shikishima? <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: oh yeah, obviously. Most important question, by far. It's not a bad-looking ship. It's... it's. Uh, I don't it's know. I feel like the turrets in the front
0: are a bit oversized. It looks a bit... It's just, like, two big guns for for this ship, I think, in the front.
3: Yeah. At this point, I'm waiting for monitors.
2: Oh, you mean, like, the uh, coastal bombardment, like, was it the Lord Clive class and whatever other ones they
1: had? I mean, basically take a Petra put a giant turret on it, so
3: it sits even lower in the water. Perfection! (laughs)
0: See, I suggested that the Petra should become like a world-class ship and be allowed to dive like a submarine, because it's already yeah. looks <laughs> like one anyway.
1: <laughs> that, that would be a great idea. Except, I mean, except, except, I, I'll, I'll I'll say one thing though: it can't resurface.
2: <laughs> well, no, I no. mean, you wanna you wanna talk about like they could do a a, a modernized Novgorod. Uh, as in that that entirely round Russian monitor from the uh, the eighteen seventies, <laughs> it should be a hell of a like. I don't know even know how you would do that, but I can I can see wargaming pulling that out with some ridiculous paper thing.
1: I think I think that would be fine. I think we're not going to see a ship like that. But just probably not go... really,
2: but I don't know.
1: No, I I think the reason we're not going to see it is because it kind of breaks the illusion of, well... So one of the coolest things about World of Warships is the fact that the ships feel like they have mass. When you sail, you start turning, it takes a while to turn, the ship keeps going in the direction it's been going, stuff like that. That's really cool, and it makes the game feel different from something like a first-person shooter, where you just stop moving in a direction, you're instantly stopped and no problems so the prediction mechanic works well on that but the seas in world of warships don't really work like seas there are no currents there's no real drift or anything mm-hmm. like that and i think a ship that's really around it would probably have lots of problems dealing with the water in real life right I mean,
2: yeah it, it and didn't so work well. in, in, really in didn't.
1: the game it would probably feel a lot like a ufo or something <laughs>
3: Give, it, give them a few it, years in advance of them. It was not a successful concept.
2: <laughs> yeah, we uh, chats, the chat's pointed out we already have done circular BBs. They're called the USS of Vermont, what's <laughs> named?
3: <laughs> not quite circular, but not far off.
2: So I think, I mean, Honestly, the the fact that we have this, this Royal Navy, you know, tier 10 battlecruiser, the fact we've got Repulse being in, in testing at the moment, I was honestly kind of surprised that they went to HMS Belfast and didn't announce a Royal Navy battlecruiser line. Instead, we've got a German battlecruiser line instead. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. Wargaming logic. But I, I, I guess it, it shows that we will definitely get Royal Navy battlecruisers at some point.
0: You know, I feel like that they usually wanna prepare something Germanish for for Gamescom. Not that nothing Gamescom is yeah, happening this yeah. year, but it like they planned like those ship lines a long time ahead. So maybe they thought, yeah. like maybe this summer there will be Gamescom again, so we want like a, a German line. And you know, they they just chose the Belfast event to announce it. Reason it didn't seem like very well organized because uh, as we pointed out, like they didn't pay people to go there and forbid them to actually show what they were shown. So it's probably just, like, thrown together quickly because, hey, we have this new line. How do we announce them? Uh, let I don't know. Let's just combine it with fast. It's I quite can possible. Make,
1: if I can make a few wishes for the uh, Royal Navy Battlecruiser line, I would like the HMS hood at Tier 8 with uh, slightly more AP pen. Don't need to change anything else. Everything else I don't really care about. Just keep it as same as the hood as possible. <laughs> And I'd be very happy.
2: Well, I mean there were there they not planned to build more of the Admiral class, I can't remember. I'm sure they i I mean I'm sure there were paper variations or whatever. Uh yeah, no, they were gonna build four of them. Um So yeah, there's probably there's probably scope for a tier eight hood with with some not huge differences. Hood's armor, I mean, if you, you make the obviously the, the Baron's stern armor up to to tier 8 levels, um, Hood's armor is actually already pretty decent for tier 7. It, it's one of the more survivable tier 7 battleships. Yes. So I, I, I would I, definitely be down for seeing a tier 8 Hood.
1: So, yeah. for those who don't know, the Hood has better autobahn's angles than. Well, it has Audubon's angles that are basically the equivalent of a Des Moines or I guess a Stalingrad. And the only other battleship that has this capability is the Duke of York. But Duke of York is three fifty six and uh, Hood is three eighty. Which mm. means that when you face twenty five millimeters of armor and uh, a cruiser cruiser's like that, it ends up being incredibly scary. It's just that Hood has pretty mediocre AP penetration. The other point is that Hood's concealment at 14.1 is also lackluster. So I am imagining, wishing for a tier 8 Hood so I get the concealment upgrade so I can get to 12.7 kilometer concealment. Then I take the brisk ability that's coming with the new changes. <laughs> so my ship goes like 37 or 36 knots and then I get these amazing autobounce angles and amazing penetration and yeah, we're never going to actually get that, right? Because that sounds a bit too strong. <laughs> but you can dream. Yes.
0: But you also, like, have neatly transitioned us to the new Captain Scale changes.
2: Yes. Well done, Aureum. Well done. Secondary buffs!
3: Yay! Well, maybe. Kind of.
0: I mean, uh, it's it's an interesting, I mean, the secondary buff... It, they have moved the the reload time from the... I think right now the, that skill that buffs your main guns when you're in secondary range has better secondary reload, and I think they moved that to, like, the accuracy skill. And then the accuracy only gives a very small, flat percentage, and then an increasing one the longer you shoot on the same target with the secondaries.
1: Yes, right now, close-quarters combat is the skill which... If something is within your secondary range, you get minus 10% main battery reload, but it also comes with minus 10% uh, secondary battery reload. So when you get... Uh, but now they move the secondary battery effect to the... Uh, well, the secondary skill that improves dispersion.
2: It's and that one... The biggest thing overall is, is it, it's making secondary builds cheaper.
1: Yeah, I, I suppose, yeah. Yeah, if you go for a pure secondaries or mostly secondaries rather than trying to buff your main guns, then it would be a cheaper secondary build. The other point is that the secondary dispersion gets better the longer the guns fire. Secondary guns, that is. Which is, I guess, a little bit like the effect uh, from Grand Battles where on the Hanofa, but Mm. instead of main guns firing, it's the secondaries that fire. And so I think that's actually a really cool concept. It means that the destroyer that just pops up won't suddenly be obliterated by the secondaries. But at the same time, when you end up in a situation where your secondaries just go wild on that uh, battleship or cruiser, it, the damage will start adding up really quickly because the secondaries will actually start hitting.
2: Do you wonder yeah. what it's going to do to the like uh, Massachusetts and the like the the oh, it's like the already best in game uh, American uh, secondary battleships? Are going to benefit hugely from this. I, I mean, actually
1: wonder whether, whether you want them. to take
2: that. Yeah.
1: Because those secondaries have 21 millimeters of pin, and if they become laser accurate, they're going to hit that main belt really yeah, that's, hard that's, and deal literally kind of a zero
0: damage. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. the US secondaries, in my opinion, are pretty. In my personal opinion, right now, the only secondaries that work are Germans and the key. Technically, I guess a Shikishima, but I wouldn't do that to a Shikishima because the armor profile of the ship and, like, the whole hull is just not built for brawling. But if you are not a German or a and you build secondaries, you're just fucked anyway. Because they all don't get the pen to, to do shit.
1: I agree. I think if you build them for secondaries, you don't really go full secondaries, but you instead go for close quarters combat. So the idea is to just give yourself secondary range... So that you get better main battery uh, reload.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's like, uh, uh, sad because with the IFHE nerf, right, they removed the thresholds. Like, if, if the, the U.S. could get to 27, which is what you want for cruisers, uh, and the, since the IFHE nerf, they couldn't do that, the U.S. still had pretty accurate secondaries, so at least they were relatively effective against destroyers, but with the nerf, with the captain skill, so the U.S. secondaries now work against nothing. And I think the French, like the Republic with IFHE you can get the higher caliber ones to 31 and the lower caliber ones to 26. So, like, your lowers fail to pen anything and your uppers only pan, like, cruisers. So once again... I mean, the French shouts aren't that great for secondaries anyway. They just have the range. So you're basically I stuck... Do...
1: Actually, I would say that if the French secondaries weren't made of glass... It might actually be worth its while, because they have a really high fire chance. But the secondaries just die immediately to, like, everything. Even when you take the auxiliary armaments thing, Mm -hmm. which I'm not sure you always want to take, you get hit by, like, a conqueror, and your secondaries are still just dead immediately. But uh, Republique overall, though, feels like it's Mm -hmm. made of glass.
0: Yeah, there was this like tier 8, wasn't there like this tier 8 thing that is, they introduced the a while they... bank? Like a French, did with... the last thing
3: I tried French secondaries, I think, was a tier 8, and uh... mm-hmm. I don't know.
0: It's, oh, I was it's...
3: lagging a little bit. Yeah, I, I wanted, I wanted to say that uh, the French
1: battleships, they. Synergize well with close-quarters combat, because the French actually get 12.5 kilometers secondary range, so you can actually make Mm
3: -hmm. use of the skill quite often, especially the Bourgogne. I mean, you pop reload booster with that,
0: and you get like a 9.5 second reload. True, but the, the problem is always that if you wanna go range and range more, like if you go range module, you give up the, uh, like the dispersion module. So, and you go, you go three points for the skills, then four, uh, for the range skill, then four points for the tier four skill, and then maybe the module slot which gives up dispersion, so it's quite a heavy investment.
3: Yeah, that's true.
2: It'll be interesting to see how it plays out in, in practice, though. And It'd be almost be quite nice if um, the Battleship IFHE skill didn't have, like, if it had a lesser effect on reducing fire chance, like if it only took fire chance down by a quarter instead of a half, for instance. Hell,
1: I think considering it's a four-point skill, I'm not even sure if it had any downside
3: whether it would be worthwhile. Hmm.
2: Well, I mean, it's 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 what two points skill on battleships now. Ifhe. So if you were going to go that way and try and get the an extra pen in your secondaries, which is probably only worth it on what the German battleships.
0: Uh, German battleships tier seven, eight, and nine. You want Ifhe uh, tier ten. You don't need it. But okay. yeah, the the cheap Ifhe in the Germans was really nice. Like, the Germans haven't been hit so hard by the whole thing, because with IFHE, they, they get the pens they need. And the accuracy, they got the, the base accuracy buff with the Captain Rework, so they lost, they lost accuracy, but they lost less accuracy than others. They got mm-hmm. cheaper IFHE, and, uh, they got more range. And second is not fire on both sides. So honestly, Germans were kind of fine with the, the Captain Rework, in my opinion. Because I can still do, like, if I get 200 secondary hits at tier 10, I still do, like, 50k direct secondary damage, which is pretty decent. The problem, of course, is often getting in the position where you can do that.
3: I recommend oh. flying. Or diving. The problem is I can't surface afterwards. <laughs> it's nice just to even say.
2: Some, you know, secondary skills in particular getting looked at. And there's some other, like for the vigilance change, for instance, makes sense. Although I still don't know if it's um, uh, necessarily going to be that attractive as a, a two-point skill still. But, yeah, one thing that would be nice is... Um, like, some, some maybe better AA skills. We do have a change to AA gunner, but that seems to particularly be in relation to the, uh, like, the, the, the AA changes for the most part mm-hmm. are to do with, uh, subs coming in. What I, what like I really like depth charges and stuff like
0: that. What I really like is the new skill that you get less reload on repair party for each potential damage you receive. So it's, it's something that I've suggested, I think, multiple times that you get yeah. basically, if, if you go aggressive, that you get skills that give you more survivability in a sense, right? I've, for example, suggested to programming things like if you're in secondary range, Of getting better main gun reload, why don't you get like better reload on like a damage con or whatever, right? Now they have something that reduces repair party cooldown with more potential damage. I wouldn't be opposed if they even like added, uh, like if you manage to get to, I don't know, three million potential, you get another charge on your repair party or something like something that really rewards tanking. So I like, I like the way they're going there. Um,
1: I think the numbers think, are too small on the current yeah, screen.
0: I, I think
2: it should be, like, minus 1% minimum. Little White Mouse went and did a bunch of, uh like, maths, because that's the Little White Mouse, and pointed out that for, for a lot of, of chips, it's, it's not necessarily that worth it, and it's... Uh, the the equal to the 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 potential damage equal to the ship's mm. total HP. Um, like that. It, it, it's was it, it more worth it for ships with higher hit points? Or no, no hit points better for lower HP ships. Lower high okay,
1: So imagine the ship has one hundred k HP. You tank two million potential damage, so you you get the effect twenty times. That would be ten percent faster mm-hmm. cooldown on your heal. So, I don't know, I don't think it's quite
2: really worthwhile. Yeah, it's a bit marginal marginal for, uh, what is it, three points? Yeah, for three captain skill points.
0: I mean, let's be honest, they are going to test them on the live servers, right? Those are just numbers that they have made now on paper, and once after three to six months on the live server, I'm sure they'll slightly adjust them, right? (laughs)
1: See, but if wargaming was really greedy, they should make all the skills OP, so people change their builds and then they nerf it and people change their builds again. Except, of course, the changes come with a Captain Reset, so it wouldn't really matter. But I really do think the minus 0.5% is a bit too little, because it's for the heal, right? If you have a lot of potential damage, you're also going to run out of your heals eventually. So even if you can use them more quickly... If you don't have any,
3: then it doesn't matter.
0: Uh, yeah, like, uh, as I say, I wouldn't mind if they ended, like, you know, you get, like, uh, reduced reload. And then once you have tanked potentially, like, I don't know, 20 times or 25 times the potential damage of your ship's uh, hit points, you get an additional charge or something. Like right? So first it, it gives you better reload, but if you keep tanking, then you also get a charge or something. I feel like that would yeah. be a nice way to upgrade the skill
3: I agree on that one
0: Also, something that I really need to mention is there there is this new skill right that you get a better reload and enemy gets worse dispersion when you're on fire this this is basically i i don't know if if Warcoming had watched my chat this is this is the meme skill that my chat probably dreamed of because it started with the whole uh, uh Let's say the rain of this morning. but basically my Kurfürst was constantly on fire whenever I was playing it. So I decided to, instead of getting angry about it, I just said, you know, when, when you play a Kurfürst, you just bring a bratwurst and then you have a barbecue on deck of your ship, right? Because you're on fire anyway. And it, it's just gotten so far that my chat just expects my Kurfürst to be constantly on fire. And uh, someone even like went to, to the official chats and tried to petition Wargaming to make a Kurfürst skin, uh, the but just constantly on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and I've also, I also I sometimes run predictions on chat like how often my core is going to be sent on fire in a match. And you know like this is basically the meme skill I've always dreamed of. I'm not sure if it's actually going to be a good skill for four points. It doesn't seem that great. But I'll just take it for the memes. I mean that this this skill is just on my curve I I mean I I can't say no
3: to them. Yeah, I think it'll depend on how it's it's really difficult to put into words
1: how bad like twenty percent worse dispersion is actually going to be. Mm. If because sure, the enemies might hit you fewer times, but you'd literally be have four fires at once. And usually you only get like one at a time, and even then it's nowadays I mean... I'd say, especially at Tier Ten, it's not quite as often.
0: I mean, you don't survive four fires for long, and for you to huge damage content. It's mostly like if you're brawling, right, maybe with another secondary ship, you might have one or two fires on you usually, I mean, uh, but that's pretty normal, right, having at least one or two fires when you are close, uh, close and fighting with something. So you, I mean, it, it's like if you have two fires, you basically got the same effect as with, like, the close quarter skill, right? And an additional, the, the dispersion. So I would take that I think over the the close quarters combat skill, probably worse, but you know just just for the memes. I feel like it might need a little buff or something, especially for four it's, points.
2: Okay. I, it kind so, of feels like it's a, a survivability skill in that it's 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 intended as um like well if you're on fire that much at least it's going to be harder for people to hit you. But of course. People being people are immediately thinking about it in a way of, well, how can we weaponize this, for want of a better term? How can I (laughs) utilize being on fire to be, you know, I can tell you hit and just be on fire on purpose. I I can tell you, you play the conqueror. (laughs) Oh, four fires. That's okay. I'll print the new (laughs) ship. It actually is a gift to like anything with uh, you know Nelson for example maybe even Yukon. Anything
3: with a super heal basically. This is actually a topic I'd like to
1: mention a little further. It's something I have mm-hmm. been thinking about recently. You see, the way healing works in the game is that we're talking regular heals. When your ship takes a penetrating hit, or there are like basically three types of damage. There's Light damage, there's like fire and flooding. Then there's penetrating damage. Uh, we're talking regular penetration hits. And then there's basically citadel damage, which are torpedo hits and basically well, citadel mm-hmm. hits on your ship. When you get hit by a citadel hit, you can only heal 10% of the damage on regular heals of the damage you took from the citadel hit. So torps and citadels. From penetrating hits, you can heal 50%. And on fires and flooding, you can heal absolutely everything. Ramming is also included in that. The cool thing is that uh, the heal amounts that you could potentially heal for regular penetrating hits for most battleships are about the same amount as your ship could tot- heal in total. But when you're talking super heals or even the enhanced heal on the uh, old U.S. battleship line, you know, Montana, etc., mm-hmm. then... The ships can actually heal for more HP than regular penetrating hits can deal damage to them. Even if you don't take any citadel hits, effectively it means that if you take something like 15,000 fire damage on something like a Montana, in the long term, your survivability isn't really affected because you can heal all of that HP up again, which you couldn't otherwise, uh, you know, lose into regular penetrations mm-hmm. anyway because you can't heal that up. And I think in this sense, uh, uh, fire reduction isn't quite as powerful for them. And being on fire isn't as big of a problem for ships with these kinds of heels. And I think this is something that lots of players have never really thought about.
0: I mean, I would say that fires for the, like, a lot of those ships are more in the bank anyway, so they aren't on fire that often in the first place. The so fires for them aren't that big of a deal. I feel like fires are a lot more problematic if you are, like, bearing the brunt of the assault. Like, the more aggressive you are, the more problematic fires become. Also because, you know, you, you need to somewhat disengage between the fires or need to, like, get the heat off you again or you'll just die before you can go through your heels anyway. It's this weird thing where like, the the more passive ships can afford to take more survivability skills, but they don't really need them anyway.
3: Mm. Actually, one thing that does make me think of
2: that would be nice to see on this list but isn't is... um, uh, You know, if if you're on fire a lot, if you're going to expand with HE, then you tend to lose a lot of your AA mounts. Oh, yeah. And uh, I think... I'll just look up the exact numbers adrenaline rush for your damage loss adrenaline rush does actually boost your continuous aa but it's it's the same flat 0.2% for all your armament. so it'd be nice if with this list of reworked and new captain skills so that if if uh, that number was at least bumped for um adrenaline rush for your for your aa damage or even if there was a skill that, you know, the more your more of your AA mounts get knocked out, the more DPS you get from your remaining AA mounts. Something of that nature.
0: Why not something
3: that starts repairing your AA mounts? Maybe, yeah.
2: You pop a heal and you get, you know, X number of... or well, X percent of your damaged AA mounts repaired. That would be... Um, actually kind of useful on on some ships like especially the new um the big chonky US battleships which are very big slow moving HE spam targets or
3: you know your gross occur first for example apparently my internet died it's, no, uh... it's, it still oh. is dead but mobile phones nowadays are pretty good Oh, yeah, they are. So i uh, come back, I guess. Or are you even back? Thank you. I am. And to actually answer Tom McEver's
1: question, when you're healing, does your anti-air heal in the same percentage? No, it doesn't.
3: If your anti-air mounts go down or secondary mounts go down, they're down for the rest of the game.
2: Yeah, it's. I always like anytime time I have this reaction when they did the the, the last the, the big rework was that that it felt like there was so much more they could have done in terms of interesting synergies. And uh, one of the things I always one of the games I always point to when it it comes to doing kind of interesting different builds is Payday Two,
3: mm-hmm.
2: and the the way that works with um the 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 skills split into different areas and and there are certain builds that you can make but you can also do some sort of quite interesting sort of hybrid builds so you can do a build that's all about body armor or you can do a build Mm -hmm. that's all about dodging incoming fire or um builds that are about um putting down a bunch of turrets, or being sneaky, or... There's, there's quite a variety, and I just feel like that's still a thing that's that's lacking in World Warships. In a lot of ships, it's just like, well, I guess I'll take the standard survivability build.
3: Well,
1: let's it's stop beating really around the bush. Let's, ju- let's just go straight for Path of Exile-style
3: skill trees. <laughs> you
1: would trust well, the World World warships... I-
0: our, uh, warships player base with them?
2: Sure, sure.
1: <laughs> <laughs> what could possibly go wrong?
2: So we've been talking Chaptered. about battleships a lot, but there's also a couple of other changes. Uh, outnumbered for cruisers got better. Although there was a bit of confusion on the Discord about whether your own ship counted towards the allied ship tally. Well, it doesn't
1: right now. I yeah. tested it and it doesn't right now. So if you're in a 1 versus 1 with the outnumbered skill, you get the boost right now as in lo- on the live server. And if these not if what the the changes say then it seems like if you're in a 2 versus 1, you would still get the boost
3: but not in yes, a 3 versus 1. Uh um,
2: the other things are mostly as sub
0: you know what I feel like? Very is. nice. Uh, the, there is like with the outnumbered skill, the last line with the changes is the bonus will also be active when there are both no enemy or allied ships within the firing range of your ship's main battery. Which, that's it's so kind of nice likewise, if there it, is no yeah. enemy in your firing range, <laughs> you get a bonus. That, that that's that's great. That's that's amazing.
2: It actually might be quite useful because oh. it, it it it's almost like a, a a bonus bit of was it dispersion or something it affects. I can't remember, but it's like for that, if you're stealthed up and you take that first shot. I think it, it, there is a, have... there
1: is a little bit of a problem with it, though. See, with the friendly fire changes you can't really, you know, create the situation yourself anymore. <laughs> 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 That's true. That's true. But actually, you're right. I actually completely missed that last line. Uh, this actually makes it pretty interesting for well, ships like the Weimar, right?
2: Yeah, for, for with, with her so. poor
1: concealment, getting if this ki- or sorry, not poor concealment, poor main battery I mean, range, getting this kind of a bonus could be really useful to be sneakier.
2: I don't know if it, it necessarily. Well, like the the speed bonus is probably more useful than the dispersion bonus for a, for a light cruiser, but for heavy cruisers, that dispersion bonus will be really nice and it might actually synergize quite well it might be a, a go to pick for uh, the 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 fuel smoke italian cruisers for example like you 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 have outnumbered you pop your smoke mm-hmm.
3: and if if the conditions are met um speaking of that yeah. why isn't outnumbered a battleship skill and brisk a cruiser skill reasons
0: also like why haven't they managed yet to like show up on screen when a skill is active like games have been done for like 20 years you know (laughs) it's not like necessarily a new concept
1: i mean we literally have that with the fireworks on the captain right why not have something like that hell now we even have whether damage control party is active
0: yeah, I mean, you see if you are like, there, you can see if you are detected, right? You can see if enemies are aiming at you. There are things that you can see, but you can't see if your own skill is active because, like, with some skills it's uh, obvious. Like, if your secondary is shoot, you can see that. But you can't really see if outnumbered is triggered mm-hmm. right now. That, I think a have said
2: that's a thing that they are working on as visual indicators for when these things are active. But, yeah, it's not going to be in the game when the patch hits.
0: Yeah, but they said I they have are a... working on this when they released the skill rework, right? You've seen nothing. Yeah, a... It's been a few months.
1: I have a recommendation. Give us an orange uh square in the corner of the screen so that we actually know. It doesn't matter that it's ugly. We'd at
3: least know.
2: Yeah. Yeah, just any indicator would be useful. And I think the last one on the list, uh I mean there's destroyer skills, but it's the same two changes to Pyrotechnician and uh extra heavy AP. Uh, although why they've put the depth charge bonus on extra heavy AP shells, I don't know. Uh but yeah, hit Menace, the the aircraft carrier skill, which is uh that was kind of of the the, the big skill we work. It was it was the I only see- one that was kind of Big nerf overall because if you wanted to have your carrier be more stealthy, which for some carriers doesn't like the, the Japanese carriers, uh, I think, have got reasonably good stealth without that. But yeah, it, it, it for those that don't know applies a 50% penalty to your returning squadron's speed.
1: Oh, basically, hidden minutes is well, the concealment expert skill effectively yeah. for aircraft carriers. But with the change, they changed it a little bit in the sense that uh, it also, like you mentioned, gives a 50% reduction penalty to returning aircraft. So effectively, when you're flying along and you press the F button, it takes twice as long for the aircraft to return. And the problem with this is that if there's anti-air active, the planes take twice as long to effectively fly into the sky, which means that they take twice as much anti-air damage. So taking this skill was effectively a massive nerf to your own plane survivability, or at least plane reserves. And so basically nobody would ever take this skill. So with, with this change, it takes 50% less time, so you're effectively in the same situation as if you hadn't taken the skill in your plane survivability. It still takes planes longer to get there, you still get better concealment, but you're just not handicapping yourself like you were before.
2: Yeah, it's, it's 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 not. It's still a bad skill. gaining your reserves as quickly. It's it's yeah. It, it'd be nice if they'd just taken off that debuff. I think a lot of people scratch their heads as to why that debuff was there.
1: But and yeah. I th- I think it's a bad skill all around. Like buffing your CV concealment, it's useful, obviously, but for four points, it's probably not even worth it if you just got the concealment buff, because Sure, you might go, oh, but this allows me to move my CV closer to the enemy. No, it doesn't. Because if you get closer and you get spotted, you'll say, oh, but how will I get spotted? Well, I don't know. There's an enemy aircraft carrier, too. Maybe she actually, you know, flies around the map once in a while. If you try to follow behind your team and the enemy CV strikes your team... She will incidentally spot you as well. And then you get screwed over because you get spotted. And then a few of those enemy tier 10 battleships take a shot on you and you lose half your HP. And then you spend half your match at 20 kilometers from the enemy again, because that's the only place where you probably won't get popped. And because of that concealment, it's fine if the, uh, if you're not really paying much for it. But the four-point skill seems like a crazy investment to me.
0: You know what's also interesting? And now they've announced the Russian crew, uh, the Russian CVs, which they describe as CVs that want to get close, not above the concealment Scale, basically.
2: By all coincidence, I'm sure.
0: De- de- definitely a coincidence.
3: Well,
1: I, I imagine that. The testers actually used the skill and were like, wow, this skill is
3: really, really bad. Let's, let's make it slightly less bad. I think that's it
2: for, I don't think there's anything else. Like, we've basically talked about all the changes with the, uh, the captain skills. Uh, there is one other thing on the dev blog. In that, uh, the uh, De Zeven Privatien, tier 8 Dutch cruiser, uh, is going to be a dockyard ship
3: with, uh, 10.7.
2: And, uh, it's, let's see, you can complete 21 of the 24 shipbuilding phases by completing dockyard missions. So you will have to buy three phases of the construction so this isn't going to be a grind it out ship you're going to have to pay a minimum of four thousand five hundred and imagine they'll do some kind of bundle at the start as well as they've done with with the uh, previous ones so for, i mean eight cruiser and if you grind it out and you've only paid four thousand five hundred doubloons it's not terrible but of course we don't know how grindy the missions are going to be exactly yeah how good the ship can you be?
1: still can you still earn doubloons somehow in the game? I mean before in you were used you were able to earn like twenty five hundred per ranked season if you're
2: ranked out can know, you still get something if, like that i don't know if rank does um you get a small amount from like the daily logins they've done now towards the end of the month uh you you i think you get a small amount of doubloons that way, but it's only quite a small amount. And the only other way I know of that you can get like free doubloons, as it were, is from, um, super containers, if you're lucky. Or maybe some event containers will occasionally I contain doubloons. I'm, I have a feeling they might have taken doubloons out of the more recent.
0: Uh, you Enrique says in, in chat board. that yes, you can still in rank battle. Oh, you can. Okay. But of course, soon there will be subs in rank battle. So enter at your own risk. Yeah. Uh there's also going to
2: be for the part two. Oh, yeah, the whole thing is the part two event. Uh there's gonna be a, a special Dutch captain, Klaas Jansen, or Yen, you know I guess it'll be Jansen. Uh who's gonna have uh Pyrotechnician is gonna be one point five percent instead of standard one percent. Extra fire chance and the expert AA marksman skill will be plus thirty five percent AA damage instead of twenty five percent. That one actually might be that that might be quite handy on some ships because the Dutch cruisers they're they're short range AA, but it tends to at least be decent, especially the higher tiers. But it's it's definitely
0: self defence AA. Speaking of AA, they also announced that in the next clan battle season there will yes, be two carriers thirty. team. Yes. And that's tier six. 6, so it yeah. doesn't
1: really matter though, right? Because it's tier 6, so nobody's going to play anyway?
0: I mean, nobody is going to have anti-air anyway, so why not throw more carriers in, right?
1: Mm. Actually, I think it's fine though,
3: right? After all, otherwise you could just get two E-Sess.
2: <laughs> well, you, you could, yeah, I suppose. Maybe that's why. It's either two, t- no more than two aircraft carriers or two battleships. So is that. It, is that I'm actually not too clear on this. Is that, is that like. I
1: think it's. You can you have each, a mix of all. You can have a mix of two. You can have two capital
3: ships, basically. Yeah. They've also
2: banned the Graf Spey from taking part.
3: Yeah, because if they don't do that, then everyone's going to only play the Graf Spee.
0: I mean, I don't really do clan battles, so it's nothing that really affects me, but I'll be very curious to see the reactions of the community and what what setups people run and are affecting.
2: I was reading on the EU forum, the the official EU forum, like the, the reaction was fairly predictable there.
0: Yeah, I guess people I think,
2: are not keen on the idea of of coordinated cross drops from two characters. Yeah,
1: yeah, that's that's actually not going to be fun to deal with. But i have I'm actually heard some more a little bit about it, like when players discussed on whether it would be good or bad. Double battleship might, in some cases, just be better. Especially when you de- when you take the battleships to be ESAs themselves. So you still get something like the carrier. But the main thing is that ESA has better anti-air than actual aircraft carriers. So that'll defend you from those too. Mm. And the reason why double battleship might be okay is that they tend to push the game at a faster pace than CVs will work. So it's entirely possible that by the time the CVs really kick into gear... The game is basically already decided.
0: I mean, I guess the question is how how uh, brutal will cross-drops be. Because it's not just that two CVs do twice the amount of damage in that sense, but because you can't, like, uh, f- uh, stop the enemy from dodging, you can basically strike anywhere on the map, and you can get a lot more damage than a single CV could because, you know... And that makes it also a lot easier to hunt down destroyers. because If you have really coordinated CVs, what are you going to do against, like, a cross torpedo drop in your destroyer? So, I don't know. If you can, like, if your just CVs can dodge. take... Uh, exactly, just dodge. But if your CVs, like, farm the enemy destroyers and then your destroyers, like, keep the enemy battleships in check, maybe that's going to work better. And there isn't going to be any radar at this tier anyway, so the planes are going to be so important against the DS, I feel like.
3: Yeah, that's true. That's very true.
2: There's also... uh, Well, we already knew this, but yeah, the 10.7 update's also gonna bring the ranked season where we get submarines! submarines.
3: Yay! (laughs) (laughs) No, you mean! (laughs) Uh.
1: Only so, the tiers yeah. are
2: here. Oh, also,
1: because,
3: this- because,
1: because, because we get the new leagues, right? Gold League is going to be tier 10, so it's going to be tier 10 submarines. So i got to farm them out. Wait, how do you even get them?
0: Uh, bundles, obviously, like random bundles. Yeah,
2: I think they're like... Uh-huh, I
0: mm-hmm. see, I see, I see. You can Great take part in battles on submarines which are available for rent for free from random bundles. You know, this is a very interesting voting. They're available for rent, for, for free. For free. So, re- rent yeah. just basically well, means you lose them after the event again. For free means yes. that uh, the random ba- you, I mean, the question is how do the random bundles work? It'll
2: either be missions or it'll be some kind of something in the armory, I guess you can My bet that I if they come with like 21 point captains you'll you can bet that that it'll still cost a bloom's to respect those captains if you make bad choices with your skills. Oh, no probably
3: I didn't like submarines in the latest submarine test. I think maybe they were issues.
1: I mean submarine versus submarine combat was fun. Submarine versus anything
3: else was uh, please no.
0: But hey, if you have like seven on a ranked team and now you put like one or two submarines per team or so, that, that's going to be great, right? Because then, the, uh, let's oh, say you I, have like look, two submarines and destroy and that, that leaves, uh, you know, barely like any missions no, no, no. there.
1: Well, it's a seven versus seven, so you have one aircraft carrier, two submarines, two destroyers of one battleship Well no You Mm. actually have two extra Submarines there Called Petropavlovsk I actually played a game today Or yesterday in ranked Where
3: we had no battleships None So The Petros were actually the battleships I mean that you're used to it So it's okay yeah
0: But I have noticed that with the like grand battles mode there were less battleships uh on uh, average, I feel like there are less battleships in like random battles because I feel like a lot of battleship players are playing grand battles, just wanting I to agree. get like super battleships I think one thing
1: wargaming really should have done a long time ago is they should have somehow figured out the better way to. Join matches. You know, right now you pick a ship and you select your game mode and, and then you press the play button. And you if you get a match popped, you go in there with the ship you had already selected. Mm-hmm. I think it would be a better thing if we could somehow select the ship after we get the queue. So in that case, you could have a situation where you tick multiple boxes on the game modes that you want to queue for. And then you press the queue button, and that gives you one of the game modes that had enough players. Right? And then you pick your ship. Because this would allow us to get things like uh, grand battles and uh, uh, arms race and random battles all at the same time without affecting each other's queue time or screwing up things like how many battleships there are.
0: But then you'd have problem balancing, like, the the, the ships out, right? Like, if you say, hey, I found, like... Uh... Uh, I don't know, a domination game for you, and then you say, hey, okay, domination, I want to play this destroyer, but what if there are not enough people pick destroyers that you can balance them on both teams, then you'd have like, you know, if you found the player pool first, you still need to have like the same amount of ships on, like the same amount of destroyers on both teams at the same tier, right? So that would be a problem to to balance afterwards, unless you say you, you can have a team that has six destroyers against a team that has none, right? Well... That could be
1: an option, right? Maybe, maybe you would pick ships basically in a way where you see what the enemy gets,
0: and or like something
1: a, along those lines.
0: Like a League of, Le- you could have like a League of Legend picking process or so on. I guess where, where you both both have teams, right? Or you, maybe you see what yeah. the enemy picks and you pick yourself. The problem is, can you like? It's it's hard to trust the player base with this. I guess <laughs> honestly,
1: the, the other point would be though that. Uh, Because we don't actually have skill-based matchmaking, what we could have is, say, I don't know, six players pick destroyers. Well, one team gets three destroyers, the other team gets three destroyers. But obviously this gets really complicated when you're dealing with things like divisions. And yeah, I agree. This is something that they'd have to really think about. But I think it's kind of inevitable that we need something like this. Otherwise, we just really can't have extra game modes. Because imagine, if on the EU server we're getting fewer battleships because of Grand mm-hmm. Battles, what happens on servers where there are fewer players? Is, like, one of the game modes just dead?
0: I mean, that's why they usually don't allow you to set up game modes, right? Why you can't just only queue for domination. And when they add another game mode, they'll just edit the rotation. Like, if they ever bring arms, which I hope they will... And it's just you could get at a Domination Standard Battle, Arms Race, or like a Epicenter, right? They just throw it into the pool and you can't decide. I think that that's just their approach. I agree,
1: but Grand Battles, for example, are separate, right?
0: Yeah, but it's a time-limited event. I don't think they care about what happens over the course of a month too much.
3: But I mean... I think it would be cool if we could have Grand Battles for a longer time, but we'd have to have some kind of a
1: system like this, I think.
3: Mm.
0: Yeah, I mean, sure. I, I'd like... Uh, the... Walking is on a lot of cool special game modes, also, like, for, for events, like uh, April Fool's or so on, or like like the torpedo dodge mode we have oh, for yeah. April Fool's. That that was so amazing. I, I also I like the... Miss, I still miss the, <laughs> the yeah, bathtub. Yeah, the bathtub or uh even the, the like the, the waterworld thing where you have four teams of three with destroyers in in that cool hmm. map, like that the, they had a few cool things that they just brought briefly and then went again. I, I it's sad, it's sad because there could be so much more diversity, right?
3: Yep. Yeah, I, I think we've covered
0: about the topics you wanted to talk about, right?
2: Yeah. There's a couple of camos they've announced and some flags and a bunch of new named admirals or you know, new named captains. I don't think they're they're just unique portraits. I don't think there's anything special about them. Uh uh some new premium ship containers. <laughs> and that's about
0: it. And got some um, changes to the Dutch cruisers we can't talk about because they're still under NDA. I mean, we could read the list, but it yeah, doesn't make any sense. I mean, we could talk numbers, but we
3: can't really...
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think, think we so can bad. wrap it up here. We have once again managed to stick to our one-hour timetable pretty well.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, one-hour
1: timetable?
2: Well, you yeah. told me 1.30, one hour. Well,
1: 30 that's,
2: that's usually what we go for, but I think we've gone even longer this time.
0: Yes. Yeah. We originally set out to create a one hour podcast, which we've never really managed to yeah. do. So we've already realized it's probably one and a half hours, and then sometimes it's like. <laughs> yeah.
2: It's almost like we Makes all like sense. to hear the sound of our own voice or something. <laughs> Uh, oh, there was actually, we were going to briefly touch on the Yukon, but we could maybe leave that till next week, and then we might have some more news in that regard.
0: Yeah, think, well, it I might even thing. be wrapped up next week, who knows.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's still, there's still stuff going on with that as well. So, aside from, uh, we've got your YouTube up on screen, aside from YouTube, can you find you anywhere else, Saru? I sometimes
1: yeah. also stream on Twitch. And when I say sometimes, I mean, like, I have, like, an annual stream. (laughs) It's never actually meant to be annual, but it basically feels that way. I'm afraid I missed your stream this year.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It's okay, there's always next year. But that's... Yeah, that's about it.
1: Recently, I've been making a lot more content, especially on YouTube, and it's been going pretty well. Like... I don't know what it is, but I've been playing the Kaga recently. And it's been, I don't know how to put this into words, it's been magnificent. I don't know if Kaga is like the most broken ship I have ever played, or if it just somehow she fits me like a glove. But I've been winning so much that it just makes playing anything else and losing even that a joy, because I can always just jump into Kaga and be pretty sure I'm going to win
2: that game. You you never really have to worry about running out planes. <laughs> it's the main thing. Yeah, but it's such a big deal in, uh, in a carrier. Just you know, No gonna... like if you're really throwing your planes away, you might start to have less than full groups. But compared to other carriers, where you have to be a lot more careful about conserving planes, yeah.
1: Well, you do run out of planes, kind of, in the sense that you try to only use torpedo bombers whenever possible. And sometimes when there's a destroyer, you try to RNG a dive bomber onto it. But rocket planes, is they only exist for the fighters. You launch them, you drop a fighter on yourself, and you recall immediately because uh, they're a waste of time. So it's possible to run out of planes, but because you only use mostly one type of plane.
0: I mean, I've uh, recently gotten an AA defensive expert in my core first against the Kaga. Not that it stopped him from dropping <laughs> me full squadrons until the end of the game, but you know, uh, it, it's it's you know not the medal you get off in a core first.
3: That's true. That's true. That's true. All <sighs> right. So well, that was well, that was a good one, I think. Yeah, actually, yeah, I, I I'd like to uh,
1: say one more thing. So <laughs> but this is I hope you guys won't kill me for it. So the other day I had an argument with my wife about how we should arrange the dining room furniture, okay? But okay. today when I got home, the tables the were turned.
3: No, there it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. <on> <laughs>
0: On that note, thanks for joining us, Arun. Thanks everyone for watching. Uh and yeah, I I, I yes. guess we should read Clyde who has a birthday
3: stream. Yes, I suppose if we Thank must. you for having me. Yeah, you're welcome. Very welcome. It's been good having you on. It has been fun.